So I had just moved from uh, Mississippi and Mclemore, Memphis, Tennessee, and uh, moved to close to Midtown Memphis. And I ended up, uh, I had a roommate, and uh, that wasn't good. Didn't work out very well. But uh, so uh, <laughs> I had a roommate, and and anyway, I was a crackhead, and I was smoking crack. Obviously, that's what crackheads do, right? <laughs> So I was smoking crack, and uh, so I ended up, we had just moved into this place, and I go down the road. I had a crackhead move here. I was going to go buy like $5 worth of dope from this dope boy down around the corner, like a dummy, of course, and because uh, it had been a long, stressful day of moving, you know. <laughs> yeah, what an excuse, huh? So I go around the corner, and I buy, I find this crisp brand new hundred dollar bill laying on the sidewalk <laughs> right in the middle of the sidewalk never been folded never bent nothing crisp brand spanking new hundred dollar bill laying on the sidewalk right in the around the corner from where i was going to buy the dope well i get there now my my whole mindset's changed i'm buying a whole bunch of dope now since i found this crisp 100 dollar bill on the ground so i get down and i go to the dope guy and i buy his dope and uh, i come on back and uh a day or so later he gets busted i think the next day he got busted and i'm like so i started doing my my uh homework and i found out that the way that the police bust people for dope is they can't get a warrant for the drugs themselves they have to get a warrant for the money that they send in to the dope house or have someone transaction with some with a dope boy and give him the money and they have the serial numbers written down. And once he's got possession of the money or the money's inside the home, then they go in and get they get the they have the warrant for the money and they go into the home to get the, the money and the dope comes with it. But they can't just get a warrant to go in and get just dope. They have to get a warrant for the money that they spent to buy the dope. That's how that works. Um, well, that's how it worked in Memphis anyway. I don't know how it works here. don't really care. But So a day or two later, I'm sitting in the apartment, and I'm with this girl. Her nickname was Chocolate. <laughs> I, I didn't know her name, so uh, that's what we call her, Chocolate. We weren't doing anything. We were just smoking crack, you know. And uh, she, uh, she basically, somebody started beating on the door, and I knew it was the police. I knew it was because I had a warrant. I knew I did. And uh, so I look out the window or the peephole, and I look out the peephole, and I see that there is no one can't see anybody <laughs> well i've been through this before and i know it's the police when when that happens when they beat on the door like that and then you don't see anybody out the people it's the police i'm telling you right now it's done happened to me more than once so so anyway i know it's the police so i wait a minute and i step back from the door a little bit or don't step back i just kind of sway back a little bit so i don't make any creaks or make any sounds so that they don't know i'm at the door well these guys 
<clears throat> did it again. And this time he put his finger over the hole. And uh, after he did that, I knew it was the cops. And so I backed on off. And then they started saying, uh, chocolate, we know you're in there. But they weren't there for chocolate. I said, they want me. And she goes, oh, I know I ain't done nothing wrong. I said, I oh, know they want me. So I knew they were there for me, and the thought to go out the back window hit me, and then I thought, no, nah, that would be stupid. They would have the back covered, too, because they're not stupid. Um, so there was no way to climb in the roof, no way to escape, no escape. So what I did was just not answer the door for hours, hours. These guys knocked. They wouldn't go away. They kept on knocking and knocking and knocking. Finally. My roommate, I knew he was coming and I knew he was going to do what he did. I just felt it within my bones. He was going to let him in. So I go in the closet just out of instinct and I cover myself with bunches of clothes in a pile in the closet underneath the clothes that are hanging up already. Dirty clothes and what have you. Well, I'm hiding in the closet and then I hear the door open and it was just what I felt, just what my premonition told me. He's about to let him in. For, he's going to come up and help them. So he let him in. And then I hear him saying, Sean, I didn't let him in, man. I don't I don't know. I didn't say they could come in. They said, oh, you didn't? I heard him say that. And then he goes, look, see, nobody in here, nobody in here. And he opens the closet and goes, nobody in here. And right about then, I saw the flashlight, the light coming through the clothes on me. And I knew I was busted. But So they started kicking the clothes where I was at. And told them, pulling their guns and telling me, get out, get out, put your hands out where we can see them. Which, you know, I understand. If you're going to come into somebody's house like that, you probably better be prepared because you never know, right? So I come out and they they didn't take me in handcuffs out because they couldn't by law because I didn't let them in. And uh, he said he didn't let them in now that he had already let them in. Um, so they walk me out, one in front of me and one behind me outside. And they said, why didn't you answer the door? I said, because I have a warrant. <laughs> and so he says, uh, they take me in the car and they're on the telephone all this time. And uh, we're right across from those the crossroads I told you about it, Avalon and Madison. And we're at the Piggly Wiggly parking lot. And they're letting me smoke cigarettes in the back of the car and everything. And they keep calling people on the phone and talking on the radio. For like an hour this went on, I guess. And I was just sitting in the back seat with the window down smoking a cigarette. And uh, finally, they said, well, you're, this is a deal. You're not under arrest, but we're taking you to the detective at 201 Poplar, and it'll be up to them to decide what goes on from there. I said, all right, so does that mean I'm free to go? He said, no. So anyway, we drive, and uh, we get there, and I get out of the car, and they said, Sean Newberg, you're under arrest. You have the right to remain silent, blah, 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 blah. So I got a seven-year sentence for it. It's uh, for stealing. No, stupidity uh drunk you know just drunk stupid uh not realizing that the world had more to offer than one little spot so anyway uh yeah i come to find out later that my roommate had turned me in for thirty dollars <laughs> he turned me in to get thirty dollars so he could buy some more crack so crack is not a good thing. Take it from me. It's not a good thing. Um, I'm pretty sure that $100 bill I found on the ground 
was police money and they tracked it. They watched me pick it up and take it there. They probably planted it there for me. Have a great day. God bless you.